Welcome back to another episode of Living Your Holiest Hot Mess Life. Today we are actually going to start the week with a bit of a difficult word, but I felt led by God to do a little clarifying. So let's dive right in. We are still in Matthew chapter 5, and we are in verses 31 through 32. The word of the Lord reads, It was also said, Anyone who divorces his wife must give her a written notice of divorce. But now I tell you, if a man divorces his wife for any cause other than her unfaithfulness, then he is guilty of making her commit adultery if she marries again. And the man who marries her commits adultery also. I'm going to be completely transparent. When I felt God leading me to teach on this for our podcast for today, I told him I really didn't want to get into this. <laughs> like, this is messy and difficult, and I whined just like that to God. But then I felt God pushing me. So as I studied different commentaries, one of the things that God made perfectly clear was that what Jesus is saying here is that divorce isn't the issue. I know people have thrown divorce around as all kinds of problems, as a sin, and They've made it so difficult within different church denominations. But what Jesus is saying in these words is that at the time, men were just getting rid of their wives because they wanted to go have sex with other women. And so instead of being true to their wives, they were acting like just divorcing their wives would then give them the green light to go get a different wife and just have sex with her. And so Jesus was letting them know that you can't just divorce your wife and you can't just then go have sex with someone who's divorced their wife and so he was trying to what's the best way to say it's like reel all these men in from abusing these women who they had taken as their wives and in a covenant with God to care for them and cherish them and be their covering and so this is very different than what goes on in our lives today Now, obviously, we know that the Bible talks about how God hates divorce. And yes, when we get married, there is a covenant that we are making between ourselves and our spouse and God. And we need to do everything in our power to keep that covenant. And we cannot let Satan destroy that covenant. And Satan tries to get us to get divorced over the dumbest stuff. But it's that little dumb stuff that creeps into your marriage and creates division. So we have to guard against the dumb stuff. But I wanted to, well, I didn't want to. I felt God pushing me to talk about this today because I wanted to free people from any guilt or shame that comes with divorce, whether we're putting it on other people or whether we're carrying it ourselves because we are divorced. So I want to pause and reflect. Who is someone that you know, maybe it's yourself, maybe it's someone else that you know, who has been divorced that you can encourage if they're feeling badly about it? And we'll be right back. When I think about people I know that have been divorced and feel badly about it, I often, um, when I'm counseling different people and someone comes to me who has been divorced, they often do have questions about this, about, you know, was their divorce acceptable in the sight of God? And, And we have conversations based on scripture of what God says about divorce. Now, to clarify a couple things. There are so many reasons that people get divorced these days. And while the Bible is very clear that God hates divorce, sin is sin is sin is sin. So even if for whatever reason you or someone you know and love 
became divorced in a way that is not pleasing to God. It's not any different than when you curse at someone in traffic or lie about how nice someone's new haircut looks or any other of the things that we do. (laughs) So I don't want people to walk around bound up in any guilt or shame coming from the issue of divorce. The Bible talks about how unless there's adultery, people should not get divorced. And what God was saying, what Jesus was saying, is that you need to do your best to work out your differences in a way that's going to be a blessing. And I will tell you that I've had many married couples come to me for counseling. And the ones who are successfully able to put back their, put their marriage back together, regardless of how bad things have gotten. I've counseled married couples who've had multiple affairs. I've coupled married, married couples who fight about like how to load a dishwasher. And while they're staring down the tunnel of the possibility of divorce over something as extreme as multiple affairs or something as ridiculous as how to load the dishwasher. Either way, we work together to put their marriages back together in a way that's pleasing to God. And I'm always impressed by the people who come for counseling after an affair because they're willing to do the hard work even though, even though, if we're going to be technical, even though they have a reason for a divorce that even God would understand. But what I've learned over the years, both in counseling others and in studying God's word, is that the reason God has made that um, exception, we'll call it an exception, um, for divorce after there's been an affair or an adultery um, is because once trust is broken, like really, really broken and damaged, when it can't get back when you can't get back to a place of being able to trust and accept your spouse then that's something you really can't fix either you learn to let go and you trust God and you trust the person and you love the person and you forgive the person or you don't and nine times out of ten what I find is an inability to get past an adulterous affair is more about the person themselves than about the one who had the affair I truly believe that when we are rooted and grounded in God, when we are finding our security in God, when we are able to remember that God is our first number one priority and our spouse is our second number one priority only after God but above everybody else, then we are able to build strong marriages. And strong marriages are a blessing to create strong families. And strong families create strong communities. And so I understand why God hates divorce and I understand why Jesus spoke out in this passage of scripture so severely against divorce, but we have to remember the context of the time Jesus was speaking this way to protect women. It doesn't say women who divorce their husbands because that really, it's a whole nother, whole nother historical thing to get into. But he's very specific. Anyone who divorces his wife, he's saying that these men are just like throwing these women away. Like, like, um, that's what I want. Um, giving up on their responsibility to these women. They're, they're um, going back on their promise to this woman's family, to the Lord, and they are taking their covering off. And you have to remember, again, during the time period, women were like property. So if you had no husband, you had nobody over you to um, take care of you financially and physically in the sense of providing everything that you would need. So we have to be very careful not to create 
um, shame in our divorced people because there's no shame in divorce. It's just one more thing that we all need to work on together in love and gentle kindness. Now, even though I said there's no shame in divorce, that doesn't mean you should be going out to get one. I truly believe that when we are married, we are to stay married and we are to fight through the problems and we are to forgive through the problems and we are to seek God first and pray our way into having a higher quality marriage. It's way, way, way too easy to get a divorce, especially in this country these days. And we need to really do the hard work of sacrificing and submitting to God and to one another. That's my public service announcement for the importance of not getting divorced. But if you have already been divorced, you can let go of your guilt and shame. You are forgiven and God adores you. Let's pray. Hallelujah, Lord God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Lord, we thank you and praise you for who you are, for your goodness, your grace, and your mercy. Lord, I have no idea why you truly pushed me through this message, but I pray that it is a blessing to my sisters and brothers in the midst of their holiest hot mess lives. I pray that we will take this message to those who might need to hear it, Lord God. And I pray, Father God, that you will continue to pour out your glory upon us, that we will recognize that even in the midst of a divorce, Lord God, that you are still loving us and that you still have great plans to prosper us and to give us a future and a hope. Have your way. In Jesus' precious name, amen. God bless you. I pray this was a blessing for you. I pray that you would like, share, and subscribe, and that you'll come back to hear more tips and strategies on how to live your holiest hot mess life. God bless.